You know what, Jamie? Let's pop off right now. We gotta get started. <laughs> we gotta go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get the people in the chat. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hit and Hustle from IrishSportsDaily.com. I'm your host, Greg Flamong, and with me, as always, is Jamie Uyama, Mr. Jamie University, Tuesday, November 7th. Uh, it's a bye week for Notre Dame, and uh, normally we would do, be doing a mailbag show, but today we are going to just talk about Notre Dame's offense against Clemson because I think there was a lot going on in that game uh, where it's it's a situation, Jamie, where I think you've seen it as well. It's like everything is just kind of like play calling, play calling, play calling, and I think a lot more went into it. Um, you know, I, it, personally, I don't think the play calling was the main culprit in the, in in what went wrong with the offense. Um, but I do think preparation was kind of the biggest problem and has been the biggest problem for Notre Dame this year, much more than play calling has been. So we're going to get into that today. Um, and that's going to be pretty much the bulk of the show. Um, so thank you everyone for tuning in. Uh, if this is your first time catching us as always, please subscribe to the show. Uh, please hit the like button on this video if you enjoy it and uh, please hit the notification bell. So, you know, whenever it is, we are going live, uh, links to our podcast are in the description below. And uh, before we get started, we do want to thank one of our sponsors, which is our longest tenured sponsor, ESQ Clothing, and they have created the world's first bamboo dress shirt. It's crafted from high-quality bamboo fabric. It's the softest, most comfortable shirt you'll ever put on. It's not only more sustainable than cotton, also feels cooler, has stretch, is older and wrinkle-resistant. It's even and it's even machine washable. You've seen ESQ's one-piece collar bamboo dress shirt on all of Notre Dame's top players and coaches. It's a perfect shirt for our today's business meeting or heading for a night out. Use ISD15 for 15% off all online items. That's ISD15 for 15% off. Um, Jamie Gaw texted me during the game. Chris Tyree muffed the punt, and so we're off. Chris Tyree on punt returns. Um, again, once again, that, that took a hiatus uh, after, the obviously, the magnificent punt returning his pit. Muffed the punt. And so... Uh, we're full, we're full steam ahead on the Jordan Faison returning punts um, bandwagon there. Uh, Jamie, I, so I, I said, you know, in the lead up here, I, I think that the main culprit in this game was not um, play calling. And I think it was more execution and therefore preparation. And that's been the main problem for Notre Dame this year. Uh, do you agree with that? And what, what did you kind of see uh, breaking the whole thing down? Um, I would say, I don't know if I completely agree with that because I would say that, um, it's, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't even say main culprit. Like I would just say that you have to divvy up the blame in, in all directions, okay. right? Like you, you have to, you have to give an equal share and it's tough to say what is, um, uh, the worst, you know, the, the biggest Thing to blame for mm -hmm. it and uh, so i would say that um play calling yeah it, i mean it there were calls that that were fine that needed to be executed better um and there were guys who just got their butt kicked uh, on certain plays that just like you know, pretty much screwed up regular calls, didn't execute, didn't block. It's, it, it's just like, come down to like, throw the ball, catch the ball, block, do these kind of things, do these things within the, within the call. 
And if Notre Dame did that, they so there's things that you didn't like about the play call, play calling in this game. But you can say that if Notre Dame just executed the calls that were there, they win the game. They win yeah. the game. And yeah. so it is tough to just say, like, um, I think there's there's serious. I, I think it goes back to kind of go back to the Louisville thing. There's problems with the whole operation. Mm. There's problems with the whole operation. They're obviously not practicing at a very good level. They can't be. They can't be yeah. practicing at a good level and then coming out and and doing this, right? So, and then that goes down to to coaching, right? That goes down to you know the offensive coaches, and that that comes back to that. But um, this was just it, it was a stinker of a game all around. Yeah. So I, I when I say um, preparation, that's kind of what I'm talking about. You like you're not they're not ready to play good football. And that's kind of what was evident to me. And when I say like, like, so part of it is play calling and part of it is like your execution of a play, like in the first drive. And I put it on Twitter, like they, they, they went quad bunch up top, basically a diamond formation up top. Um, and then they bring Jadarian price in. So you have trips to the boundary and they run RPO, right? It's a, it's an RPO play. It's, it's a run. Uh, they're running, uh, I think either pin and pull or just sweep to the opposite side, but Sam Hartman sees Clemson is complete. They're fooled. They're, they're out of their, they're unsound to the boundary. He gets the ball out, right? Um, two players block one corner. They leave the safety free. Um, so that's a bust right there. Just straight up. Yeah. Like, you, you don't know who you're blocking. Right. And look, uh, Holden stays. He's, he's the backup to Mitchell Evans. Uh, he's played, He's played a ton this year. 500 snaps this year, yeah. right? Uh, I haven't looked at it exactly, but it's probably around 500. You've been playing every week. He's been a main part of the game plan every single week. Uh, don't know who to block on a play like that, so that's a problem. Um, and then another part is Hartman throws the ball behind Tyree, three yards back. He has to retreat backwards. He has to turn his back to the defense. So he has to catch yeah. the ball, turn and look, and see where the defender is. By that point, the defender is on him, and he, they lose three yards. On a play – that the de- the defense is completely disadvantaged in. They blew they blew the assignment. Yeah. They busted their should assignment. have been a big play. It should it, it should be a touchdown. If Notre Dame executes it correctly, you throw it in front. He catches it. They they split the defenders and it's a touchdown. It's walking basically. Yeah. And and instead it turns into a three yard loss. Okay, that's that's no good, right? That's the epitome of like an execution problem. On the next play, you're in third and 10. Notre Dame's in a running formation. Uh, Clemson shows run defense. They have a safety sitting there yeah. who is pretty clearly thundering the run. They have one-on-one outside. The safety over the, – the single high safety is on the hash where the for, to the formation. So he's sitting in the middle of the defense, but he's not, he's not in the middle of the field. He's in the middle of the formation. You have the entire field to do something on third and 10. You – like people say, like oh, third and long. There's not a lot of play call. There's a ton of things you can do yeah. with the situation that Clemson showed there, and they they don't check out of it. They don't do any sort of motion to see identify the, the, what the defense is in any kind of coverage. They don't do that. They just stay in it. They run the ball with pain. Right? It's blocked well, but you do have the unblocked defender sitting in the middle yeah. of the hole, 
And Payne doesn't do anything to make a man miss. He just lowers his shoulder as if it's third and four. It's third yeah. and ten. They gain six, and they kick a field goal. That's that's a play calling error. You you if you have, yeah. and, and if like if you're gonna run that play, then you got to go for it. Yeah, there's no excuse to run that um, ball there and and not go for it. Yes, like if if he's instructed to say Marcus Freeman says to him, run it here because we're gonna go for it. So if yeah. you get if you get five five or more here, I mean they got six. Yeah, we're <laughs> so, going for it. Yeah, yeah. So just say. But I think, well, first of all, I you know, and I wrote in, in the rewatch notes for offense too, having pain out there in that situation when you know you're going to go out there and run it is just a mistake. Okay, you can say, people can get on him for saying, like, he shouldn't be out there in pass pro because obviously he's he had a big miss in pass pro yeah. in this game and he's had a couple of other noticeable misses this year so you're like okay but that's who there is has been their third down pass pro receiving back right that's pain that's his job so you say that but if if the intention is to run it there I, it doesn't have to be audric estimate it should be but it doesn't have to be it can be jadarian price it can be jeremiah love because you know what those guys have shown an ability to make a guy miss. Yeah. So he has on 31 carries this year, he has four forced missed tackles that Jabron Payne. Those guys have way more. Like it's 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 not even close. So why is he the guy getting the ball there? That's a problem. That's coaching. That's coaching. Yeah. And like you said, it's a run formation. Like it like what you're seeing is they're like prepared that Notre Dame might run here. So it isn't the same as the, like this, the Sam Hartman quarterback um, draw that they ran for a big play. Like that's a good call, right? It's a good call. Yes. You got the right look, whatever. That's a good call, but you didn't get this look here. And if they got that look, then fine, you know, run it yes that is the right call but they didn't get the look so why can't they check out of it why is it game 10 and and if you want to say okay early on this but like and i know you have all these guys that are like yeah these guys are young guys they've all played more than enough now that you can have the guys in there and they can be ready to to take a check to to check into something yeah and why don't they do that? Why don't they do that? So that is, um, we can talk about, yes, the miss, a lot of misses with, with that. Obviously, you, you mentioned the, the execution part on the play before, but that's, that 100% is coaching right there. Yes. That's like, yeah. you're not, you're not putting your players in the best position to succeed if that's, if that's what you're doing there. Um, it's just, I, I and I, I don't even know what to say to it, to be honest. Like, I'm like, I, I don't like criticizing um, the coaches. Like, I don't, I don't enjoy that. Like, I don't like talking about a guy who's already getting a ton of heat. And literally I post anything about the offense 
and anyone's yeah. just like fire Parker, right, <laughs> you yeah. know, right? Like, it's diff- yeah. It is difficult, honestly. That's- like it, it does. You don't want that. Like there is a balance between like for me as, as both of us, because we both post things and you write, you know, you write a complete, you know, complete game rewatch on irisportsdaily.com. And it's like, I don't want it to turn into like every reply is like fire Parker. He's terrible. Like I don't yeah. want that. I don't. But I do want to highlight what's happening. Like people yeah. do wonder, like what what are the problems? And so you try to highlight the problems, and it becomes what it becomes. Uh, so it's kind of a tricky, you know, catch twenty two on that front. And I understand. Yeah. And you know, it, it is part of like what we do, and that like we do have to explain why things aren't going well. And it's like it's not it's not so much a criticism, right? And it's not for like so when people say like why won't you just say to fire him? I don't know how Marcus Freeman views this stuff. I really don't like I because I, I, I think Jared Parker, like he had a ton of good man beater plays in this game because Clemson was playing so much man. And so like he had a bunch of them, right? He had a bunch of good play calls like the, the missed the missed play to pain on third and three at the it's a perfect call. It's it's the Tyree play that we've been talking about against South Carolina where they slip him out on the other side and everyone crosses and. And uh, it, it's 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 basically that's what the play is. It's the Tyree play, and Hartman doesn't get the ball over the end. And like, I understand it, it's a batted down ball, right? And that's tough. But you know the end is there. You have to get it around him. You just have to. That's yeah. part of the position. That's part of executing the play. He can't bat it down. It needs to get out to the running back. If you need to sidearm it, or if you need to loft it, or however it needs to get there, yeah. it has to get there. The play where um, you got Rico Flores. We were texting about this yesterday. Rico Flores on a crosser. Like, you have to see it. Why are you forcing the ball to Rico to Jaden Greathouse when he takes an inside release on a corner route? It's not going to yeah. be there. So just come off it. The other route is not going to be there. So come off it. You have that. Like, Rico Flores is next in your progression, and he's wide open. Throw it to him, and you're going to run for 20 yards. And, and not just that, but if you also notice – as a quarterback, like, Hey, they're in man. And I have all this happening on the other side of the field. I can just tuck it and run to the left. There's no one there. There is, he's going to run for 50 yards. And it's like, at some point, and it's like, I don't like banging on Hartman either because he clearly is taking it on himself and he's clearly, you know, taking it. I don't want to say personal, but like he recognizes that he has made mistakes in this game. Yeah. But like, as an analyst and as someone who is like trying to explain to people and to subscribers and members of our site who, who pay money to have us tell them what happened. Like he has to be, he has to be a playmaker. Yeah. Just straight up. Like so, so much of this is like, you know what? Not everything is perfect and not all your wide receivers. You got to make plays. You got to be a playmaker out there for your team. There was enough opportunities out there for him to make a play and it just didn't happen. And like that to me was like kind of the biggest thing from this game is like, man, like that's disappointing. It's very disappointing that it's like, you have to have like, you're where you're a captain. You're a captain. You have to come through for these guys in these games. There was enough good play calls out there to, for him to have made plays and to make it happen for his offense. Um, the other part of this, Jamie, is that when evaluating a game, 
it's like you you evaluate the plays that are called, but also like you notice, man, you really could have taken a shot here. Like this is a really good time for on step on first down instead of just running it like play action. Cause that's what they expect. They expect a run, right? Like you get a long play and it's like, okay, we're gonna run a pin and pull. Make them guess wrong. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you're showing them run, make them guess wrong. And that, that was another thing that I saw in this game where it was like, that's where you go to play calling. When we talk about the play action passing um, and things of that nature, um, were there any opportunities there where you felt like, man, Notre Dame, they, like they really had a, an opportunity in this, on this situation, in this play. And they just didn't, ex or they didn't take advantage of it. I mean, I, there was a bunch of those, right? Like, I, I think um, just outside of like the, you know, all of these execution things that we're talking about, like, um, I think second and goal. Uh, so right before the one where Hartman missed yeah. there. Yeah. That's right for a play action play, especially after um, your center just got his butt kicked. Like he just got his, his, his butt handed to him. Yeah. So. I'm not feeling that confident about running the football on the next play. I mean, that's just me. If I, if I'm doing that and I've also seen enough in the game, that's the other thing you have to be able to like read what's going on in the game and being like, man, you know what? Pat Coogan can't block anyone in this game. He can't block anyone in this game. And I, I, I hate to single him out, but he really was that bad in this game yeah. in terms of like, he struggled. He really, really, really struggled. And he frankly struggled that much in the Duke game too. And maybe it's because he's hurt. It might be. But if that's the thing, if he's that hurt, then you could almost could have put anybody else in and just said like, anybody else can at least do this job the same as him right now. Cause that's kind of the level that he played in the game. So, but when you know that's happening and this guy's like losing so much, um, you 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 have to adjust. You have to you have to to do to do things differently. And so um, on second down, and they end up running a power, right? They they run power to that side, and I mean he he kind of screwed that up too because he he's he's the puller, and he's got to look for color inside. He goes up to the corner, the backer comes in free and makes the tackle on on Andre Estime. Mm. Um, you leave the corner because your 230 pound running back against the 185 pound corner is the matchup that you want, not against the linebacker, not against the all American linebacker. Right. Mm -hmm. So he screwed up there and then it ends up being like a stuff. They go for it on, on third down. Look at how they're playing there. It like Clemson, they are geeked up to play the run and get a stop here. They're thinking, it, it also, too, they see Audric estimate. They know Notre Dame and how this is their approach. They want to run it in. They want to kind of force the issue. They did this to us last year. It, it was a perfect opportunity to sneak out a tight end into something like or something like that, right? And um, they didn't like that. Would have been a perfect example of way to get like a sneak out of like a Flanagan because they're they're not thinking about Flanagan as a receiver. Right. Right. So, um, but they didn't. So like just those kind of things. And I, I understand hindsight's 2020 when you're looking at this kind of stuff, but it's just like, 
you never see those calls where it's like, oh man, uh, Parker really got him here. You just don't see that very yeah. often. You really only see it like a couple times all year, right? And uh, and I think it was really like in the, I mean, kind of in the NC State game, really, right? Like, I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't. If if, if the ball, if you get the ball to the to the two. If it's second and goal from the two, yeah, run it. Run it. Try to get it in. But you're at the five-yard line. It's, you know, are you going to run for five yards here when they got, you know, 11, like, right at the line there? Probably not. That's a – to me, that is just, like – that's a situational call, like, where you're just – you can I, – I, I don't understand that. Or that that is a perfect example of being, like, guess what? We haven't run that spot or two wide banana – since NC State, yeah, right there, yeah, and and the other part is like you do need to like it's almost like game theory. Like you got to put the ball in the end zone. Like you have to try to call a play where it's like when we when we call, complete the pass or whatever. Because the other part is like you know the the third down play then where they tried to hit you know they tried to do the little pick route with Flores. Like if he throws it to Flores, he's not in the end zone. He's at the three yard line. Yeah. So like even there, like you you drew up a play where you can catch the ball, and they can still tackle you short. Yeah. You know, um, the other part of that too is like there's a personnel issue. Like that, in my opinion, that's got to be phase on. Because, as a defender, I much I much would rather be covering Rico on a play where he's going this way and then coming back because he's not as quick as Faison yeah. is in and out of his breaks, right? If Faison shows me slant, I need to get over the top of that, right? Like I am hurrying there. Yeah. And then he can come back. And not just that, but he's a lot quicker coming back, right? Yeah. And here's the question I have for you. Like, okay, Faison was activated against Louisville. That was a month ago. He got 18 snaps in this game. Um, When has he ever not looked good? including practice every single time he has been in a game, every single time the media has seen him, he has looked good. I don't care if he is a walk on uh rower. I don't care. It, that to me is irrelevant. Now, every time he is in the game, every time he is in practice, he is doing stuff. We have never heard a bad thing about Jordan Faison. Why is he why is he getting the least amount of snaps at wide receiver? Like that doesn't make sense to me. He has shown himself to be one of their best players. He needs to get those reps. He needs to get the reps befitting of one of the best players on the offense. And I understand initially, right? It's it's like we don't know what we can give. It's been a month now. Like you got you got to activate him. Like every time every time they give him the ball, he, something happens. They have him on a slot fade and Hartman misses him. But he's like running by himself. You know, they give him a jet sweep. He's about to get around the corner, like just missed, but it's still a six-yard play. Like that, yeah. that to me is like a, there's there's personnel decisions that they're making that I don't really understand as well. And that also goes to the offense. Uh, I'm sorry, at running back. It's with the Jabron Payne thing. Like that's not his role. Like I looked it up while you were talking. Jabron Payne has more, he has three more carries than Jadarian Price. Jadarian Price has forced 10 missed tackles. And, uh, Jabron Payne's missed four, force four. Basically, Jeremiah Love carries basically. Yeah, um, 
prices. He's making he's making someone miss. Uh, J- J- Jeremiah Love, ten missed tackles forced on the season. Now he has more he has more carries, but like you watch him in this game where he's he's going around the corner and they cut him off. And he makes a big cut Incredible and he gets up cut. inside. He makes a great cut and he, it's a gain of six instead of a loss of two. Yeah, like that's the kind of thing that that the offense needs. And, and and we were talking about this in text as well, Jamie. Um, Eli Raritan, he's struggling yeah. as a blocker. If if Notre Dame had Mitchell Evans in this game and didn't throw him one pass and just had him block the the uh, the, the, the plays that Raritan was blocking, Raritan's role, yeah. If he just did Raritan's role, Audric Estime might have had 175 yards in this game. And I don't want to bang Raritan too much. He was hurt. He was hurt. He wasn't activated till six week six. Like I, I Cooper Flanagan has been healthy the entire time. In my opinion, he has earned those snaps. He has. So that that's there's personnel decisions as well that I don't really understand with the offense, and and it's causing problems. And it's like you said. The, the, you know, people, I, I say, you know, play calling wasn't the problem, but to me, it's preparation. It's preparation. Like someone put on Twitter, like, oh, Greg, Greg will, he should be the OC. It's like, look, I'm not the only one who has good ideas. Lots of people have good ideas. You have to be able to teach it. You have yeah. to teach the concepts. That is, that is what coaching is at, at, its, at, at its core. It's like being able for your players to execute the things that you want to do. And then you go out there and even if the call is not perfect, we're still going to execute it. We're yeah. still going to execute it. Well, and the execution across the board is bad. The other, the other part of coaching too. one, I would just, just a, a couple of comments in the thing, Michael Donnie, it's not Marcus Freeman. Who's rotating the guys. He's not the guy. hundred percent. Not receivers, right. It, it's, it's not him. Um, also too, the, the one thing with – so here, here's a perfect example of what you're talking about with um, with Jordan Faison. And should you have maybe more of a plan to get him more snaps in the game? Sure. But you have to be able to kind of see what's going on in the game. Like you have to know what – you got to know who's winning, who's not. Like this happens on defense all the time. A guy makes a mistake on defense – Jason Anye made a big mistake on defense. Guess what the guy never played again? Like yeah. that happens all the time. On offense, they don't like there just isn't enough of you know, you hear all the time about running backs. It's like, you know, uh riding the hot hand, right? Like this this guy have and, and somewhat they do that, but they don't do it enough when a guy is struggling and saying, like, this isn't happening, so we have to do this to adjust to it. And this kind of happens on defense all the time. This is literally what coaching defense is. It's like, we're losing on this. We have to adjust to that. They're doing this. We have to do that. And it should be happening on offense too, but it's not. Um, So if I'm in the game and I'm seeing, like you have to be able to, to know, like someone has to be able to, you're up top. So you have to be able to see like, Raritan just can't block this edge he can't block it they put peter woods out here now he can't block he can't block peter woods peter woods is 311 five-star kid whatever 
he he's not going to block him. So we can't run this anymore. Well, we got to do this instead. Or so instead of having that, this is how we're going to run here. It, you know, instead of being like, okay, well, we're not going to run any 12 anymore because our tight ends just aren't blocking them. Yeah. Right. So we're going to run more 11. Um, and so phase on it's, it's tough because it's like Chris Tyree has obviously been a very good player, a very productive player for, for Notre Dame this year. And so, I mean, uh, one of the commenters mentioned the thing about, Oh, they threw the thing to Tyree and he didn't break a tackle. And then phase on did. That's not really the point of that, that one. Um, this, this comment. Yes. So Andy Rhett, this is what, uh, from E. Olson, Andy ran that wide receiver screen twice, backed up their zone. Tyree couldn't break a tackle phase and got the same pass. Looked just as badly blocked, but he made people miss and got the first down. Well, it was different because Jeremiah Trotter read the other one and he made the tackle. You know, the guy who basically yeah. busted up Notre Dame for the thing. He wasn't, it wasn't like he made Trotter miss. It, it's a different situation. You can't just say, it's not apples to apples. It's a, it's a different thing. But to the point that just saying that, well, Faison does good things when he's out there, right? That's the whole point. Is Faison does good things. Tyree does good things too. Obviously, made a contested catch. You don't see him making a lot of contested catches. That was one of Notre Dame's only big plays of the game, right? When it was a poorly thrown ball, he wins like a 50-50 ball. You know, 21-yard game, right? That's good. But, you know, him and him and Faison play the same position. They're both the, the small slots yeah. that have this kind of thing. Well, if these are but if these are two of your best eleven, you need to find a way to get these guys on the field at the same time. So you need to, and I know you're adverse to, to running a ton of ten personnel or whatever. That's fine, but run eleven, and then that's when you have stays, and you say, okay, you're going to run the ba- the boundary here because guess what? They never throw to the friggin' boundary anyways. Like they, they don't, they, I, you, you don't, they don't feel confident with anyone who can win on the boundary. So they don't throw to, to anyone out there. So that guy is just a decoy all the time. So you might as well just do that, line them up. And then you can have perfect example that play where uh, the Louisville play Tyree and Faison were out there together mm-hmm. on that play. And it was safety went to Tyree. Phase on is open, one is one on one. The session. You have two guys who are vertical threats who can do that. Why wouldn't you line them up on the same side? Why don't they do more of that? Yeah. And it's not to just say, like, yeah, you know, we should be coaching the team or this or whatever. All these people saying that. It's like it's 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 not just as simple as that. It's just saying like what they're doing is not working. They're not finding ways to be more successful in what they do already. So find solutions and they don't find solutions. And that's the main problem. They don't, they're terrible at finding solutions um, and creating problems for the other team because, and and it goes back to kind of um, something that we, uh, you know, we were texting about too, is that they never come out in a situation on a third down um, and they never show something. So like, like you mentioned with the RPO, Greg, yeah. the reason that uh, Clemson was messed up, they're like, we haven't seen this. You haven't seen it. Haven't seen it. And 
And here's the other thing. Did they ever come back to it? No. No. Why didn't they come back to it? You had a winning play. It just wasn't executed. But you, you still have the RPO action off that. Yeah. So why didn't they come back to it? I Like, that makes zero sense that they didn't come back to it. And it also makes zero sense why you don't show more, specifically when it's like, guess what, guys? This is the game. It's third and 10. Okay, we're coming out with a formation. This is like a play that we have just for this game. This is like, we're like, hey, you need, you, you got to have plays just like how defensive coordinators have a pressure that it's like, this is set up. This could end the game if we get a sack here. Yeah. Well, guess what? We're calling whatever, you know, name it, this pressure, and we're running this, and they haven't seen this from us. And that's why we think we're going to hit home and we're going to get a sack here. That happens all the time. Why aren't they doing that on offense? That happens all the time. Uh, you know, good coordinators do this all the time where they show you something and then all of a sudden they're like, what? Faison and, and Tyree on the same side or they're in a stacked bunch here. Like, they don't do that. Like, and I, I don't know why. I, I don't know why. I, I honestly don't. But it just feels like when things aren't going good and things haven't been going good for a while. So it's not like it's just one game. Oh, they should have done it in just one game. It's been bad for six weeks, basically. Yeah. Um, why don't they have more of these answers? They couldn't come up with it. Anything in these six weeks to do it. Like that's a problem. That That is a serious, serious problem. Um, Isaac K just want to answer this question real quick. What happened to all the split backfield stuff from early in the year? Uh, I think Devin Ford was hurt. He didn't play in this game. He didn't get any special team snaps. So <coughs> that's, that's, and he's a, he's a mainstay on special teams. So uh, I think he was hurt and didn't play. And that takes away all the split back stuff. Cause that's his package with Jeremiah love, which teach other people how to do this stuff, please. Because, you have a good package that works. It's like, well, Devin Ford's playing, so I guess, I guess Jeremiah Love just that's that's that like takes away Jeremiah Love. Like you have to be able to um, use Sherwood in that thing. They they use pain. Use whoever. Yeah. Like like if, yeah. Come on, you have five backs. Teach them. Teach someone how to run the package. Uh, it's it's your job. Um, Joel Easton. This is a common question we get. Uh, I get confused sometimes in general who on the coaching staff handles in-game personnel usage. Is that on the OC, the position coach, the play packages that are called um, on offense. If you have something uh, installed for a certain personnel grouping, then, um, then that's what will happen. It's like, Hey, we're going to do X put in that group. And so they'll put in that group. So in that sense, it's an OC thing. On like a snap to snap basis, for me, when I played, it was fully on the discretion of the um, of the position coach, basically, where it was like, like, hey, you're like, like Al Washington isn't checking with Al Golden about when to rotate the D line, yeah, and I don't think Mike Mickens is checking with Al Golden on the corners, right? Or the nickel or whoever. I think they just give them the series. Um, now, I mean, practically, right? Any 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 DC 
like if if um if during that drive where it's 10 to 6 and, and Clemson goes down and scores, if at any point in that drive Al Golan says, Hey, Mike, put put uh Cam and Ben back in the game, like put him back in the game. Yeah. Then he will he has to do it in that case. He can't yeah. say no. I mean, he could, but that would be a big problem. Uh, but um, so but generally speaking, position coaches are in charge of personnel groupings. And I would think Dylan McCullough is a hundred percent in charge of oh yeah, yeah, of who's in the game and who isn't. Did you have any um comment on that? No, I think you you explain it well. I think that's generally uh how it goes, but also too, uh, yeah, like like you said, the kind of there's like a hierarchy. So the the coordinator might just say like, "Hey, we're running this in here, so we let, let's get this guy out here, right?" Yeah. Like, um, and frankly, too, like sometimes you just got to be like someone, you know. Sometimes you got to say like, "Get this guy out of here." Like yeah. it's as I've seen that. As much as hard as as harsh as that sounds, that happens a lot, and uh, you know maybe it should happen more on on offense, you know, in, in certain things like you know, and also too, there needs to be you you kind of have to audit some of this stuff too, and look at all these things. It's like, okay, well, guess what? We had this third and six, and we had this. Why? Why did we have that, right? And, and and part of that too is on Marcus Freeman because he's got to look at that and be like, why aren't we getting the ball to 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 this guy? Why aren't we doing this more? Why aren't we doing like? And you you give autonomy to your coordinators and you give autonomy to your position coaches, but. That is one thing you could say, and and maybe that is an inexperienced thing. And obviously, you know, you know, it, it's it's different, and he probably has different relationships, whatever. But the one thing with Brian Kelly is like he's the he was the boss. Yeah. So Brian Kelly would be like, if 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 they were like driving and 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 all of a sudden, let let's just say it didn't happen this way, but um, oh, it kind of did because it just whatever. Like Clarence Lewis gave up the touchdown did a poor job on, on that one drive, right? Gave up the slant. Like you better believe that Brian Kelly would have been on Mickens and golden after yeah. that and been like, why was it Harper out there? Get like, and that's kind of like, it, it's harsh, but it's, that is the kind of thing that, you know, can happen during during a game right like where because the coach the coaches are ultimately accountable to the head coach yeah and um that probably could happen more i mean not as much on defense there's not many instances like that on defense probably more on offense i mean yeah like you you've heard it tons of times i've heard it tons of times you're standing there and something happens and the coach goes to the coordinator whoever it's like why or the coordinator goes to why is he in the game yeah like, why is he playing, right? Like, during, you know, during the game. I mean, it happens a lot. Um, and speaking of the Clarence Lewis thing, look, I, what what is, what is he, a, a fourth-year senior, fifth-year guy? He's, he's a senior. He, he's played 
a ton of ball. He, he in twenty. So he's a he's a fourth year senior. Played as a friend. That you're in zero, man. Yeah. You cannot lose inside. There's no one in the middle of the field. Hundred percent. No. You they they sent seven. You cannot yeah. lose inside there. Zero percent of the time. Like that is a cardinal sin. Like just. Oh man, that that is such an absolute just bludgeoning you are going to get in film for that you can't you zero percent of the time you can lose inside yeah that can um, and that that drove me insane yeah it, it, i mean it, it 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 did and i think it's it's hard because when you don't play that much and he doesn't play that much now right um you know you you get thrown in a situation whatever but considering he's played over 1800 snaps in his career and I think for the most part, he's played pretty good ball. Usually his mistakes that he makes are – he loses physically. Right. That's where he, he's been. He doesn't make a lot of mental errors. There's not a lot of bust from 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 Clarence Lewis. I mean, that one you could say is kind of a bust because situationally you're thinking like we're bringing pressure – I have no help. I have no help inside. So I need to take away the inside. Plus, all Club Nix is doing against pressure is throwing slants. Like, that seems like ripe for a pick. Yeah. Like, to, to jump, jump this and yeah. whatever. Like, and um, so the, the uh, Xavier Watts pick, right? That play, and it, it, you could say it's as simple as like, Bo Collins dropped it. And then there was X Watts Johnny in the spot. Well, the reason that uh, Collins dropped it is because Morrison was playing that underneath. He was undercutting that. Yeah. And the reason that he knew he could undercut it is because he knew that Watts was over the top of him. So he had help there. So if he can't make the play, either he's going to make the play or Watts is going to make the tackle. So he knew that he had that. And even though he didn't technically make the play on the ball, he probably distracted Collins enough to drop that. And then that's what ends up. And that's understanding. And that's why Ben Morrison is so friggin' good because yeah. he's not just physically he's good. He's a smart football player. You understand this kind of thing. And that's also too, like that's coaching. That's Mike Mickens. Like he, he's a very good coach. He, is very good at teaching that kind of stuff yeah. and, and communicating that to his players. And that's why these guys are playing at a high level and, and you see improvement and you see all these things, but that, that is definitely like, that's a situation where if you're thinking he's just playing man and he's just playing it straight up and he's not thinking about all the other pieces of it, it's probably not a pick. Right. Mm -hmm. But because of how he played it and knowing where it was, that's why it ended up like that, which also makes why that Clarence Lewis thing happened that giving up that touchdown, that's what makes yeah. it even worse. Yeah. I mean, you gotta, you gotta set your, yourself up for success there um, on defense and with your small business or with your, uh, your social media, there you go. Management website design. Uh, you're getting engaged. You want to, you want to highlight real. Uh, and if you want to do that for yourself, for your family, for a loved one, uh, hit up VSR Media, which is founded by Notre Dame football pregame host and Emmy Award-winning anchor, Vahid Saad Razadeh. VSR Media provides professional and cinematic video and photo 
Whether you're looking for a collegiate or pro-level highlight reel, have a personal story to tell, or are aiming to diversify and grow your business, VSR Media specializes in short and long-form video storytelling, social media management, and website design. VSR Media also captures professional headshots, senior, and sports photos. Contact them at vsrmediacompany.com. Mention Irish Sports Daily to receive 20% off your first project. Visit them online or give them a call at 574-800-9106. E. Olson says, why not give Cam a breather and one drive, then BMO next drive, et cetera, instead of a full quarterback swap? Um, Sure. But I would point out, like, the only person who gave up plays on this one uh, was – uh, Christian Gray. I don't think I don't think Jaden Mickey gave up a, a catch on on that yeah. drive. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, maybe it just you know they went after whoever, and then Clarence Lewis. I mean, the Thomas Harper piece. <clears throat> like you know, look, I, the, the the problem is like those guys have been they've had a good year to this point. You know, like you don't love it, right? When they're going down the field and whenever they're going down the field, you think to yourself, man, like you're going to give it up and why do you have the backups in? And that's a totally fair reaction. It absolutely is. Um, But like, okay, club is not good. They should have been fine. They played, played bad. They, They were in there for a short time and they played bad football and it cost them. You cost them and you hate to see it. But it did. Um, but I just like look at the same time, like as much as as good as Ben Morrison is, and he is truly fantastic, giving up the inside on that third and nine was yeah, one of the worst plays of his career. I honestly I can't believe he did that. I can't believe and he, he just and he, he played almost a perfect game other than that, to right. be honest. And, and I can't believe he turned and he turned his hips and opened the gate for the wide receiver. They were running slants all game. Let him go run a fade. Go. He played it like he was he was he thought fade was coming. Yeah, and that's he and just, he wanted, he and he just wanted to cut him off. Yeah, and he, he guessed to cut wrong, him off. wanted to cut him off. And he guessed and wrong and yeah. Open the gate, and that's no good. That's no, no good, Jamie. Um get, getting getting back to the I think because other than other than that, I thought yeah, he played fantastic. he was phenomenal. I mean, look, he's a yeah. great football player. And every, <laughs> yeah. by the way, everyone's complaining about oh, he should have been called for pass interference. Go away, please. Go away. He has his hands on. But you know who else had his hands on? The wide receiver did. If the wide receiver is going to have his hands on you, if the wide receiver is going to have his hands on you, then the defender can have his hands on. He's looking at the ball. He's playing it fine. That's not a penalty. Sean McDonough needs to go away. He doesn't know. He's old. He doesn't know how to play corner. Sean McDonough thought it should have been a penalty. And so did Greg McElroy, who did not have a great game himself. Um, But that's fine. Anyway, uh, back to the offense. Um, and I think, and I think this is where, like, as a, as a big picture problem for for Marcus Freeman to consider, right? First of all, Notre Dame's been bad offensively um, on the road this year, right? And that's been a problem, and and that's something that Marcus Freeman needs to. I mean, they've played tougher defenses for sure, right? So that's should be pointed out. But like Sam Hartman on the road, uh, or at home, excuse me, 70.4 completion percentage, 10.1 yards per attempt, 11 touchdowns, two interceptions. Um, obviously, 178 passer rating. Like, that's very good. 
on the road, 57.4 completions, 7.8 yards per attempt, 10 touchdowns, five interceptions, 138.87. As a team, you're looking at um, pretty much a, a 1.3, almost like a one, one and a half yard difference in yards per play. Uh, you're looking at, uh, I don't, I don't want to get into too much like counting stats. I mean, 70 less yards per game on on um, for total offense there. Pretty much everything is worse across the board on the road. Yeah. Like I said, worse defenses. So that's something that they need to figure out. And the other part is Marcus Freeman needs to look at, you know, we talk about self-scouting. He needs to self-scout their entire operation going from spring to fall to in season, because that to me is where the, the biggest deficiency is. These guys aren't ready to play at a high level uh, week after week, you know, and, and like that to me is the biggest red flag there. Like he needs to figure out why that is. Like I look at these wide receivers, Jamie, they're not getting better. I don't think they are particularly good route runners. And I don't mean from a, um, like a feel for it. I mean, from like, they are, sometimes you need to run a speed out. Sometimes you need to run a hard out. Uh, they telegraph their routes, all of them. They all kind of do it. Um, like Tobias, like everyone's mad at Tobias for the, for the go, Right. And it's like, oh, he didn't try hard enough to get back inside. To me, I look at that play, and I think he starts his his go route inside the numbers, and he ends up a couple of yards outside the numbers. So it's a field play anyway. And so now you've made the throw further for Hartman. The throw yeah. goes inside as where he was initially. Like, to me, that's a poor route and not – a poor effort coming back. Cause like I watched that play on replay a couple of times and it's like, it, it, first of all, the DB is never going to interfere with him because he's running by him. The second thing is like, he's never getting it. But to me, it's like, why are you all the way out here? You should be in here yeah. so that the throw is an easier throw for the quarterback. So to me, it was a poor route run. Um, like Holden stays coming across. Like he needs to settle down there and not completely go across the field and get his legs undercut like to me that's a poor route i thought it was a poor route by rico flores on, on the on the out on the on the on the pick play at the goal line i didn't think that was a, a very well run executed route chris tyree on the on the first third down play where uh or the the second the first the third down um when hartman took the first sack when jabron Payne missed the sack i didn't think chris tyree and Jaden greathouse ran that combo up top very effectively so like I look at that and I think, man, it's game 10. And there's just a lot there where it's like these, this is the execution level out here is just not very good. And so I have to look at who is coaching them. I have to look at their entire operation and I have to look at um, why that is, you know? And to me, that is the biggest question for Freeman, um, much less than, you know, the actual play calls. Because anytime you can get a coach in here and you're like, why'd you call this play? It's like, well, I called it for X, Y, Z. But then when you look at the execution of what they're doing, that's the part that's lacking. It, I mean, it's definitely lacking. And I think you could even go back to like, if you look at um, like go going all the way to the spring, 
And yes, it did show that Notre Dame's defense are like, yeah, hey, they are that good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But the fact that the Notre Dame's offense just got dominated, um, basically the entirety of, of those um, and any practice that was open to, uh, to the media, they did. And frankly, from what we heard most of just every other practice too, um, you know, that's not a good sign. And obviously some of that is some of that is personnel for sure. But um, what, there was a thing that was like, um, I can't, oh God, I can't remember the coach, Uh, but there was a, it was a coach years ago. It was an offensive coach and he talked about, you know, and he got, he got a head coaching opportunity and he, the reason he picked the defense coordinator he picked, cause he was like, I didn't know this guy, but he was literally every time we played him, I was like, God, I hate going against this guy. You know, mm-hmm. like every week this guy gave me problems. Right. And frankly, that this, this wasn't the case with Jimbo Fisher, but the reason that Jimbo Fisher stole Mike Elko from Notre Dame was because they played Wake Forest all the time. And they were like, God, we should be kicking the crap out of Wake. But they weren't yeah. because you know, it's like Elko is just giving us fits this whole time. Right. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing that I would look, I, you got to kind of look at that. If your offense isn't because I personally, if I was an offensive coordinator, I would hate to coach against Al Golden. For sure. Like I'm like, I'm like, wow, this defense, they're disciplined. They don't really give up too much. Um, man, they really make it difficult for quarterbacks. Um, you know, they're it, it's a well-coached group. It's a really, really well-coached group. And um they do things, it's 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 the personnel for sure, but it's it's also how the personnel executes the defense and and what they're doing, right? And you don't have that on offense. Cause I, I would say though, you could say with Tommy Reese, you, there's definitely like, you're like, Oh man, Reese, he's pretty good. Like he's does yeah. some stuff that you want him, but you can't say that about um, anything with this offense. There's nothing really with this offense. And you'd be like, man, this is, this can be tough to prepare this week. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't know what they, I don't know what they're going to do this week. And there, there isn't anything like that. Um, and to me, that has to, that has to be some part of your thinking of like what you, it can't be like, I like a guy who knows how to use the tight ends. It's like, no, I like a guy who knows how to give, who gives, gives the other off defense problems each week and no matter what, or a guy, you know, who adapts to whatever he's, he's got. Right. And the one thing you could say, but like, and, and whatever, not to bring up Andy Ludwig or whatever, but that's the one thing you could say with Andy Ludwig is that they present different problems with what they do. And that's part of why they're successful. Um, that, that kind of stuff matters. It matters a lot. It, and I, it's, that has to be uh, a line of thinking of for Notre Dame and Marcus Freeman uh, to me going into the off season. Right. And just being able to confidently say, like, I know that whoever I'm bringing in knows how to teach this stuff and knows how to get his guys to do exactly what he wants to do. 
you know, and like we didn't love Andy Ludwig, but there's of course you could say that about him, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, look at he's he's dealing with with a backup quarterback who was a pig farmer. Yeah, you know, I don't like, even think Cam he, Rising. So Cam Rising, I don't know about you, Greg, but I I'm not a big Cam Rising guy. I don't think he's that good. I think he's a good athlete, tough kid. Right, for sure. And I like he's another one where it's like, look at you get him in an offense where everyone knows exactly what they're supposed to do. Yeah, he's and gonna everyone look good. is he's gonna look great, man. And yeah. and like he's a baller and like thick boy, right? Like I love thick boy seven. Like it's a great thing. Um, but it's it's like I in this offense, see that's the problem, is like we, we're talking about we're talking about transfer quarterbacks. Who's gonna play in this offense? Who's going to be like, yeah, I'm going to put my, I'm going to put my football future on this, regardless of what we think of the play calls or whatever, like just, yeah, you look at it and it's like, man, I, I don't know. I can't, I can't get down with that, you know? Yeah. And so I just like, is Cam rising? Who's his coach? What offense is he running? Like who, who are they trying to get in? I'm just like, so the thing with Ludwig is like, at the very least, you know, he can teach it. At the very least, you know, he can get his guys to play the way that he wants. Now, whether we like the scheme or whether we don't, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that he can get them to do the thing that he wants. And and that is the biggest thing right now with Notre Dame. The execution level is just low. It just is on a play-to-play basis. You know, they do some good stuff. And other times it's like, man, like you can't execute this. You can't execute that. Like you can't, like they can't run RPOs. Can't run RPO. You can't run play action. That's what you're telling me. Like you, you, you can't teach your quarterback to be a good play action quarterback. I mean, and part, and part of this is like you know you got to look at Gino Gadouli. Like, what's going on here? You know, like I, 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 and it's 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 I'm asking a question because the the play from Hartman has been poor. You know, if he wasn't if, Jamie, if he wasn't a six year senior or whatever it might be, if he was a sophomore. You, you know, we, we people have been asking about, oh, you know, should they, should they play Angeli or whatever? I mean, just based on this game in the last few weeks, you can make a case that like you, uh, you could bench him for performance. Yeah, you could. You could. The, the 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 mistakes have been enough to where it's like if you benched him for performance, you could. Um, I don't know where Notre Dame is at with that, but like that shouldn't be the case. That should not have happened. And that, it, that Notre Dame should not be sitting in the position to where it's like, is the quarterback actually hurting you? You know, is it is there enough to where you say maybe there is something that Angeli can give us that Sam Hartman can't? That that should not have been the case, and that should not have happened. Um, anything else, Jamie? Do you want to leave it there? We we can move on to uh, move on to Thursday. Have another um, do a show then. Anything else you wanted to talk about? Uh, no. I mean, I I I think. I, it's not fun to talk about um, the, I don't know, the offense being bad. No, not playing well. It's not fun. No. Um, you know, I'd much rather be talking about other things. Like even, uh, it, it sucks even to be like, okay, um, so I'm writing something on on the defense right now for ISD, and the defense played well in this game and certainly well enough to win. But then it's like. You obviously they made mistakes too, but when you mention stuff that mistakes, it's like P- 
people are like, oh, well, if they did this or they did that or whatever, they would have won the game. It's like, yeah, but it's like so much more minimal compared to the offense that it's like, yeah. it's it's clearly like they sh- the defense gave them more than enough chances to win the game. And um, I don't know. I'm just hoping that uh, the next couple games are a lot better for Notre Dame's offense and that, um, I mean, I I think it's pretty obvious they got some major problems that are going to take more than just, uh, you know, even if they have a couple of big games here uh, to end the season, but still no one wants to see just bad offense the rest of the way. People want to see uh, some positive steps moving forward. And I, and I think that would be great for Sam Hartman. It would be great for the, all the seniors, the guys who aren't going to play again. Right? Yeah. Like, I think that's important. Yeah. I mean, I, I like it. This isn't on time, but it is what it is. You know, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to tell the people. So, all right, we'll leave it there for today. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Um, we'll be back on Thursday. We might have to do a recruiting show, Jamie. It's been a long time. We might have to get a recruiting show out to the people. Maybe we'll get Christian on. Maybe we'll get Christian. He's been monitoring the uh, the Michigan the Michigan situation. He's having a tough time with that, being the big fan that he is. Um, so we're going to have to try to get him on the show, talk some recruiting, and we'll talk some 2024 guys, see how they're doing, and we'll talk some 2025 as well. Because the 2025 is legitimately looking – like uh, things are things are trending in the right direction there. So thank you everyone for tuning in. If you like what you heard, as always, please hit subscribe. Please uh, hit the like and uh, hit the notification bell so you know we're going live. We'll be back Thursday. Uh, have a good rest of the week, everyone, and keep hitting and hustling. <laughs>